Hello, welcome to Crypto Roundup Africa. Crypto Roundup Africa is a weekly recording session where we invite industry experts and speakers to discuss technical and fundamental trends, micro theses, and newsworthy events surrounding blockchain tech, cryptocurrencies, and digital assets. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Crypto Roundup Africa. I hope you're all doing good and having a great week. Yeah, I understand the crypto market has been like reacting to the COVID news. So let's hope things get better from here and you stop being anxious and fearful of what's happening. So to get started, today we're having a guest and we're joined by a blockchain engineer. He's affiliated with other projects that I know within the blockchain space. Our guest is the founder of YCrypt, Arono Ugochuku. It's good to have you here. Thanks for okay, joining. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, good evening, everybody. Uh, I don't know what time zone you guys are in, but yeah, it's evening in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Europe, but we use the same um, time zone with, with Nigeria, so so it's oh, pretty great, fine. Great. So for everybody who may not know, Ugochuku is the founder of Send Finance. It's also the, Send, the founder of YCrypt. So YCrypt is a decentralized mobile internet sharing and monetization network. And today we're going to be talking about that, trying to make a sense of that. So hi, Ugo. Welcome to Crypto Roundup Africa. We're excited to have you join us to chat about YCrypt. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Like super excited. Yeah, very um, happy to talk about YCrypt. Okay, good. Uh, okay, I'm happy I got that right. YCrypt. Yeah, it's YCrypt. Yeah, the thing is most people don't always get it right the first time because um, most times they say things like we creep. And I have to just correct and say no, it's not we creep. It's Y creep. You know, but yeah. Yeah, because I just going from Wi Fi. So, I mean, it's just. That was how. Yeah. That was exactly how I thought of it. That, okay, after reading the, the white paper, I was thinking, okay, this thing is related to Wi Fi. So it should be Y creep, not we creep. So that's why I said Y creep. And I was just exactly. trying to check up and to make sure it's correct. Okay. Okay, yeah, before we yeah. get started, the usual disclaimers. Uh, nothing said here constitutes financial advice. We're not financial advisors, nor do we hold requisite degrees, certifications to offer you financial advices. So with that being said, let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your journey into crypto, and your experience so far? Yeah, okay. So um, I'll just start by introducing myself. My name is Ugochuku Arono. Um, so my background is in engineering. And um, yeah, I started my journey into crypto in 2016. Um, as, as an engineer, really, um, I got one of my, my friends um, in um, Finland then told me about crypto, about Ethereum blockchain, actually, to be precise. And he was like, like you, this stuff is something, you know, you can build software on top of, you can write code on it. I felt really, felt was something cool to explore. So the next thing I did was to like just jump into it and i realized it was really really cool you know it was something that i had never experienced you know i have, haven't seen that kind of technology before you know dealing with transparency security you know um you know trustlessness all in one so i felt it was something that was really going to change a lot of things so i delved into building systems like my own um, crypto wallets then i mean really most times if you really want to understand how things work you just you know you build something around it you know so um that's how i basically started learning um how the blockchain works so um, starting in 2016, built like wallets. I mean, I also like work, build games as well. So some part of my team, we built like a, a game.
him then on the blockchain was really cool. Um, we built like different things since then. And yeah, that was basically how I got into crypto. Then I bought my first Bitcoin then, 2016. Yes. You know, because I, I realized it was really, it was like a groundbreaking technology, you know, because Bitcoin really ushered in the blockchain. So I felt it was a groundbreaking technology. Then also delved into Ethereum. And yeah, I've been, I've been building since 2016, actually. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's great. I mean, your journey is one from, okay, curiosity, what is this? And then I think something also that uh, I found a similarity between you and others who've gotten on, on here who are Nigerian developers is that everybody kind of started from Ethereum blockchain. So why was it, why was it Ethereum blockchain that you all kind of started with, got your head start with? Yeah. So um, the reason is Ethereum really is programmable, right? Because I mean, the way the, the um, Ethereum blockchain was designed, it was designed in such a way that, you know, people could, could build software on top of it, right? And it was designed like that from inception. So you can actually do something similar on the Bitcoin blockchain, but it's actually very difficult and it's not highly scalable, right? And it requires like like very, very deep understanding of the Bitcoin blockchain to be able to write code or build apps around it. Some people have tried to yeah. create some sort of, you know, um, should I call them like side chains to allow people to do that, but it's still not the same. So, I mean, Ethereum coming in with EVM, that's Ethereum Virtual Machine, which is like the groundbreaking technology actually, you know, being able to write code, um, compiles on the Ethereum um, network and you can deploy. I think that's really, really awesome. So that's why most developers start from there and then they now make their way in. Uh, but um, something else I did was not just building on Ethereum because, I mean, Ethereum is a blockchain, but I also just wanted to understand how the entire blockchain works, which is, you know, I also went ahead to build my own blockchain just to understand how everything works, you know, using things like proof of work, um, the consensus mechanism, just to understand what these guys were really doing, you know, why was this thing really making waves? Why was it something that, you know, will change the world per se? Yeah. So, but yeah, Ethereum was actually the first um, hit, you know, towards delving into the engineering space on the blockchain. Yeah. Yeah, I actually agree with you on that. That the uh, the Bitcoin network up until now was not was not really programmable. I mean, I think when when Greg Maxwell, one of the really uh, huge developer of 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 the Bitcoin network, said when Satoshi or whoever he she they them is developed the Bitcoin network, they had to remove that programmable part just so it could run then. So now I think they activated Taproot. So one of those parts that was removed had to be added with Taproot that got activated like two weeks ago, which means that primitives could actually be programmed on it on Bitcoin network now going forward. So we hope hopefully it becomes scalable and people start to deploy on it. But anyways, that's not the, the meat of this conversation. This conversation is more about white crypt and other things. So what is white crypt? Like just to get started, give us a base or foundational principle of what white crypt is and what you're trying to build with, with white crypt. Okay, let me put it this way. I mean, in layman terms, right? White crypt is, is um, a, a service that allows people to share their Wi-Fi and to make money from it. Okay. So, um, I mean, I, it's, I, I don't want to be, try to be technical because, I mean, I know the audience is probably diverse. It might be quite technical, people who are not really technical. So I think just getting the message out there is the most important part. So YPIT is a, is a service that will allow people to share their Wi-Fi and make money from it. And a lot of people, you might ask, okay, so why do I want to do that, right? Um, so I'll start from the reason why um, I started working on YCrypt. So I started working on YCrypt in 2018. So what happened was uh, we were in the office, you know, like as a software engineer, we're building software then in Nigeria at the time my internet connection with my current with the service provider I was using then just went off 
unexpectedly. So I had other engineers in the office. So I asked them for access to Wi-Fi. <laughs> and they were like, um, no, that um, they can't really quantify um, my um, consumption, right? So I was like, okay, um, what if... So I started thinking at the time, what if I could create a system really that will allow me to connect to anybody's Wi-Fi? And I, you know, at the, most times when you see open um, Wi-Fis, right, most of them are locked. So I was like, okay, what if I could build a software or a service that will allow anybody anywhere in the world to leave their internet open. They don't have to lock it. Not locking it doesn't mean that it's not secure. But then anybody that tries to connect to it, immediately you connect, you have to pay the user based on what billing rate the user has set. So you can and but then when you're even paying the user, the user doesn't need to give you any permission. It's like sort of permissionless. So you can connect to any Wi-Fi anywhere in the world. All you have to do is you pay. And we have to make payments seamless. So that was the core foundation. That was the problem, you know, that um, pushed me to building Wycrypt. And um, yeah, now moving further, um, started working on Wycrypt in 2018. And we realized that building the core technology was one thing, you know, scaling it is another thing. And um, because it's quite like it's, it's quite complex because building that technology requires you dealing with things like um you know the wi-fi of mobile phones you know and all those kind of things and and it's really quite hard to to walk around those systems especially you know with existing mobile phones like the android or the ios um phones so what we basically did then was um we started on mobile first though because we just wanted to have a proof of concept we wanted to make sure that this thing would work right so um we started working on it and um, yeah, he actually worked on mobile at the time. That was 2018. And um, from 2000, in 2018, okay, so let me just backtrack a little bit. So actually, when I had the idea, I didn't really want to work on it at the time because we had a lot of things doing. Then one of my friends in the UK actually told me that um, they had this, I mean, um, the, they were supposed to do something on the, their master's or something like that. Then they, they were like, they wanted to submit an idea that he knows that maybe I'll have something if I have something to give him. So I actually sent him what I had written about Wycrypt. So he submitted it, right? And then the dean of their school called him and was like, that this is the best project that they've seen, you know, amongst all the submissions. So they actually requested to speak with me. So I had a call with them and they were like, why? Why am I not like already building this? You know, so that was one of the things that even pushed me because they were like, if someone could copy this, I mean, the person would be sitting on a gold mine and everything. So, well, I was like, okay, I'll take out time because we didn't bother raising any investments. I mean, it was just a project I felt that would be really exciting to work on because um, nobody was working on something like that. So yeah, I started working on it, built the um, mobile versions. It was working. And then we realized that um, we had a limitation, which is, um, I mean, as we're trying to scale on mobile phones, if you're sharing your internet, not too many people can connect. Maybe things like heating up, your phone might start heating up or, you know, your battery drains really quickly. So um, we now decided to move the technology into um, like our own devices, which pose like another um, difficult, another like level of difficulty, you know. So we had to build our hardware. Um, we actually had to build like an operating system first and a firmware to test on existing routers to see that it would work. It worked. Then we had to now construct our own like hardware, do the designs and everything. So um, um, just to cut things short, it took us one year and six months to build the Wycrypt technology. It took us 18 months to actually build it. We were just about three people working on it for like 18 months. We didn't do any fundraising or anything. And But we got a grant. The good thing is we there's this um, grant we got from the Nigerian government NCC and we also okay. got a grant from Kim Blockchain yeah because it was like amazing technology and they really loved it so so that's how basically the whole Wycrypt um, thing started and then plugging it into the blockchain was the most exciting
interesting part. Why did we have to like build YCrypt to leverage the blockchain? One, we the main aim really for YCrypt was that everybody, apart from sharing internet, we realized that cost of internet is really high in different parts of the world and even in areas that are like urban areas or really advanced regions of the world. Some areas still don't have access to internet. Maybe, uh, okay, for example, like two, like four or five months ago, I was in um, I was in Miami for the Bitcoin Miami conference and then it was some parts of Miami. I was using Verizon then. I, it, it wouldn't work. My internet was messed up, right? So even in New York, some parts of New York as well, when I was in the Uber, the Uber guys network was working really well but mine was bad. So I realized that, wait, this system is something that would actually work anywhere in the world, right? And yeah, like now it can work in the US, it can work in China, it can work anywhere. So we also realized that by adding crypto, what we wanted to do was we want to be able to incentivize people, right? To create hotspot networks with our tokens because this is something that is quite new. Most people are not familiar with it. But then if we could incentivize them with cryptocurrency, they would create their hotspot networks, you know, just for people to start connecting to see that, okay, yes, that this is actually possible. And then by leveraging the blockchain, we would also be creating something called an open data network. What do I mean? Before now, how people would collect data on, let's say, performance of telecommunications companies in the world or um, or maybe internet performance in a particular region and all that would just be by depending on existing telecommunications companies. Like maybe in Nigeria, you have like MTN. Maybe in the US, you have like Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, all those kind of things. But then you're not sure of this data, right? You're not sure of how correct this data is. But if people on their own could actually create these networks by themselves, you're a lot, you're, you believe, you would believe more that this information is actually very accurate. And that's the whole essence of the blockchain, right? Decentralization, giving people the power to become their own internet service providers anywhere and anytime. And another thing we realized that that was doing was driving down the cost of data. I'll give you an example. In Nigeria, average cost of one gigabyte of data is about, let's say, $1.5, $2 per gigabyte, right? Now, and, and most people who are not very, like a lot of people, Nigeria has, you know, a, a, a like most people in Nigeria earn really small amounts of money. So they purchase data in small quantities. And when you purchase data in small quantities in Nigeria, for example, you would pay like very highly because people who purchase in bulk cost is reduced drastically by more than 60 or 70%. But let's say you're buying data maybe at 50 MB, 100 MB, you actually pay more. You pay more than like three times the cost um, compared to someone who was buying, let's say like one terabyte or 100 gigabytes of data. So we looked at that and we're like, hold on. If we could actually get people to become their own internet service providers, they would buy data in bulk. And when they buy it in bulk, cost of data drops drastically. So with some existing Ycrypt networks, people are actually paying way less. They can pay if they would buy one um, um, megabyte, 100 MB, for example, for like 1,000 naira or approximately $2, right? Now, they can actually buy it for less than, for about, let's say, 120 naira or 150 naira, which is just about 25 cents. Do you understand? So, it's something that we've seen at scale. It's going to drastically drop the cost of mobile internet data across, and it's going to make it way more available. In the rural areas, you could actually see people create networks there, because they know that when they create networks, they can create a billing system that can charge people, and they can also even mine our tokens, because one of the things we did too, we can incentivize people when you use our network. When use our devices to create networks. So yeah, that has been like the journey, you know, what we're trying to do, the problem we're trying to solve, how we're trying to solve it at scale as well. Yeah. Wow, that that's a lot. I mean, you've basically given us a foundational um, base of what the network is. You've told you've told us the product market feed. You've also explained how the network works and everything. Even some of the things I was going to ask you, you've kind of touched base on them and how all of this started through a university research uh, work. But now, 
Something I would want to make people understand is this. I'm going to ask a question so that anybody who's listening to this can basically make sense of everything we're saying. I, I have read the light paper, so it kind of made me understand what, what the idea is here. First, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, someone sent me like, you guys, this page is like, oh, you should check these guys out. They're building something nice. Then I say, I saw it, white crypto. And I was like, who cares about this? It's probably just another Ponzi. Like, nah, just move on. So now when I finally read the, the white paper, I was like, okay, now this makes sense. And I just told my friends like, okay, the architecture of what's being designed here makes sense to me. Now, I have Wi-Fi at home. I also subscribe to mobile data monthly. I only use my mobile data when I'm at work. Most okay. times when I'm home, I use my Wi-Fi. So okay. in every given month, I am, I'm never able to use even 10% of my mobile data Correct. that I subscribe to in every given month. Yeah. I'm not able to use 10%. Yeah. So now... I've read in the white paper how there is firmware and everything and all of that and things that you've explained. So now I'm able to prove that the, the mobile data I subscribe to in a month, 90% of it goes to waste. How can I maximize that? Just give me the basic rule, like step by step on how I can go about onboarding into the YCrypt network and how I can go about okay, uh, yeah. so, sharing so it's, so it's simple, right? You, I believe in your home, you have like um, a router, right? So uh, whatever the, your current internet service provider has given yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I have a router. So, yeah. so the first step really is just if you buy the YCrypt device, right, a router, the best thing, the first thing you just do is you can connect it directly to your ISP or you can connect it to your existing router. It's still fine. The most important thing is you just give it access to the internet. So if you connect it to the um, wired connection you have, or maybe you're using mobile internet connection, like you have, you have a SIM card, it takes it. Once you connect it there, what now happens is you have you have our mobile app, you download the mobile app, you also have a web dashboard where you can configure the device. For example, you can set your billing rate on the device. Anybody connecting at all. So what you can do is you can connect the device um, to your, um, of course, your mobile app, to your dashboard, your web dashboard. Anybody who you set your anybody who is connecting is, is going to pay you in real time so we have different payment channels and uh, like we support cryptocurrency as well now even if you don't want to charge people say for example you want to give this thing out for free uh, but you want to monetize the data in a different way how maybe you want to collect information maybe like in your in your um building maybe not everybody has access to that amount of data right and you just want people to connect to your wi-fi but you want to collect some information you can design your landing page from your um, dashboard any way you want you can decide what fields of uh, what data you want to collect but of course the user has to give like has to check a box saying that they are willing to give you permission to collect their information right so that is um, one. And anytime you're now using our device, one very interesting thing is that you're actually mining our cryptocurrency. Now, the reason why you're mining the crypto is because we want you to continuously share your Wi-Fi. Because by sharing your Wi-Fi or having um, your device out there giving people internet, it actually makes internet much more available than it is now, right? So that's basically the way you can monetize your data. You don't have to, the only thing you have to purchase is a device. Really, the mobile app is free. So once you just purchase a device, it just does the same thing your existing router does. And it's even better because this one is much more, the capacity is much um, higher than your existing router. Like one of them can take up to 70 people concurrently, right? It has um, 
much um, higher, you know, hardware and um, specifications and all that. So you can actually get more people to connect and you, you're able to monetize it. You get, you're able to mine cryptocurrency. You're able to collect information from people. You're able to even charge people, anybody around who wants to use. And you don't have to be there. That's the great thing. You don't have to maybe say things like, um, this is my Wi-Fi network. You must, maybe when the person wants to pay you, they have to come knock at your door. No way. You just have to be anywhere at all you are in the world. Anybody connecting, they can, you know, use the system, connect and have access and they pay you based on your billing rate. So that's like the best, like the best explanation on how you can actually get yourself set up in no time. And setting up is just like five minutes. Once you just buy the, the um, device, the manual is there. It's really simple. Just like setting up your regular router, right? But this one, because of the um, firmware, the operating system is actually way more advanced than your regular devices and it can do way more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for that for everybody else who is requesting to speak or to ask questions please wait when when we have enough time to unpack all of these conversations we'll definitely open the floor to people to ask questions now to piggyback to the conversation being had how would you describe the size of this uh of the device so that someone we can be able to picture or imagine how this device is and what's the cost of this device because i saw it in the white paper so so i was like okay okay yeah so yeah so one device let's say um, we have two types of devices. One is actually like um, your pocket MiFi. I'll call it a pocket MiFi because you can just fit into your pocket. That device can take approximately um, 50 people, right? And it's battery powered. So it's something that is really small, very, very slick. It can actually fit into your um, your pocket. That's one. Then secondly, we have um, another device. It's called the Spider. It's, it's a lot bigger, right? Um, let me look for the best way to um, describe it. Maybe the size of... Um, um, let, let me just say the size of three iPhones, right? Or the iPhone 12 or something, just like three of them. It's actually not big, right? And yeah, it's not battery powered, but it has capacity of taking approximately um, 70 people concurrently. Um, now, the cost of the devices, one of them, the links currently is actually going for $1,000 for one of them. The um, Spider is going for $1,500. But then we have only 15,000 of these devices. Currently, we're even short, um, we're in short supply of the devices, unfortunately. So we're, we're having something called a sales, like a device sales, a device holders offering, where um, these devices are actually going out. Only 15,000 of them are actually going to be made between now and let's say the next nine months. Right, and these are like our new devices. So we're actually selling them at a premium. Now, the first fifteen thousand um, owners of these devices, one person can own more than one, of course. But these um, owners have access to mine ten percent. There's an exclusive um, percentage of the tokens, allocation of our tokens that they can mine. Right now, the reason we're actually giving them access to just mine only them can mine this ten percent is because we're trying to jumpstart the network because we want to make sure that you know we have thousands of these devices currently for the first version. We have, in Nigeria, I think we have about 700 of the devices. We have 700 to 1,000 devices and about 300 have been set up, right? But for these new devices, I mean, these ones are going to work anywhere in the world and we're actually limiting the number to 15,000 to be able to jumpstart the network. So yeah, that's basically the cost. But after the device sales, right? Um, and then after the first nine months, after the first six to nine months, we're actually going to have a reduction in the cost of the devices because those other people coming in, the hosts that are going to be coming in, they'll not be able to mine the 10%. Now, there, there is an overall pool for all the hosts 
to mine from, which is 20% of the um, YCRIP network tokens. So in the people who are also involved in the, um, who are also involved in mining 10% of the tokens, will also be mining 20%, meaning that they have access to mine 30%. But because they are the first set of people joining the network globally, yeah, they are going to actually have those, that exclusive right and they'll be able to try out the system first. Yeah. And for every system you buy, I just forgot to mention this, we actually have like token rewards that were giving out to people, but everything is going to be, we still have that announcement to make. Currently, people are joining our waiting list. We have a waiting list on our website, um, nft.ycrypt.com. Uh, yeah, every device comes with an NFT. I forgot to mention that that's actually a really cool thing. And these are really nice NFTs. So each device, once you buy an NFT, it means that you have that certificate that gives you access to one of our devices. And we actually, we have the announcement already out. The NFTs are called outliers. So they are outliers because, I mean, these are the first guys who are going against the status quo, who are going against, you know, the big centralized telecommunications organizations to create something that, you know, is radical, something that is different. Yeah. So we have only 15,000 of them available. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, I think there's there's a lot of things to point out in all of that. But first, I would want to talk about the product market fit. The product market fit of YCrypt, is it more of a global market fit or you think this should be more Africa-centric considering how uh, mobile data is a big problem in Africa and especially in Nigeria? Because personally, when I was reading about this project, the only place I was just thinking about was my hometown and how this could actually work there. So then I was starting to think, okay, on a more macro scale, is this more of a global problem-solving protocol or it should be, it's more African-centric? So can you just... I yeah. So, that. so this is actually more global. I'll give you an example. Like, um, I think we're we're like over um seven billion people in the world. Funny enough, is that about three billion people are not connected to the internet, right? And they have terrible internet connection. That's even why Elon Musk is working on Starlink seriously, and that's a very good thing because um Starlink is something that will work very well with YCrypt because um Starlink can you know it's satellite technology. Um, it can provide internet in remote areas, but why YCrypt can now act as a distribution network because YCrypt is not an internet service provider. I have to put that out there. It enables you to distribute, to charge, to bill, you know, and to it incentivizes you to actually dist- like have internet everywhere. So it's a global product because just like I mentioned, even in New York, in different parts of the world, say for example, Uber drivers have our small devices, right? Like the links, very like pocket my files. They can put it in their vehicles. Anytime people enter their vehicles, you're sure you have access to internet. The Uber guy is making some small box while he's riding his Uber and mining tokens as well. So extra money while you have, you're sure you have access to the internet. Same thing with um, people in tourist locations. I mean, you would go to um, a, um, a city like Dubai. When you get there, you don't have access to, of course, when you just, when you leave the airport, no access to the internet, you need to look forward to buy a SIM card and all that. But when you're in one of their vehicles and all that, you can always access internet. It has happened to me before, even in 2018 when I was in Russia, when we, a couple of my colleagues, you know, and we got to Russia, St. Petersburg, no, um, not so many people speak English, right? So having access, maybe we left the airport, difficult to have access to the internet, you know, but of course you could get Uber, but difficult to have access to connection unless you get to your apartment. Once you leave your apartment, no internet connection. So there are so many limiting factors, even for tourists. So this is something that it's mobile internet and you can the good thing about it it works anywhere in the world so say for example i'm with my mobile app and i move from nigeria to the u.s or from nigeria to um, russia or argentina anywhere 
Once I have my mobile app, I can connect to any white crypt-enabled device anywhere in the world. It's just like having one um, gateway that gives you access to any mobile network operator anywhere in the world, which is really remarkable. So it can't be limited to Africa or Nigeria. It's just too... Um, it's very, very, very limiting to put it that way. But yeah, the product is a global product. So for those who may just be joining us, this is Crypto Roundup Africa, and we are talking, you just heard the voice of uh, Ugo Chuku Aronu, who is the founder of YCrypt. YCrypt is a decentralized mobile internet sharing and monetization network. So now to just piggyback a little bit, you were talking about the the, the router itself, and you said those who are able to, to buy the devices, basically, that powers this network are outliers. Then you talk about how being outliers is the fact that they're fighting against the big telecoms establishment. So now, considering how radical this idea is, because it shares internet, especially some of the internets that people are not using can be shared. How do you address ISP censorship? Because I'm pretty sure the telecoms companies might want to fight back that people yeah. are being able to. So people don't <laughs> even need to go to Dubai and buy a SIM anymore. Yeah. Because yeah, as so, long as you know there's uh, yeah, so a white crypt user nearby. So how do you address the censorship <laughs> from that? Because yeah, they will so, sure fight back. No, no. So so that's the beautiful thing about decentralization. I mean, I mean, if there isn't anybody fighting you, then I don't think you're doing anything that is groundbreaking. So I think we start from there, right? I mean, even if there's just 1% chance that this thing is going to work, it's what they try. Yeah. So you, you, you would see that if a business is rising, if there's an opportunity somewhere, some people are not seeing it as an opportunity, some people are seeing it as something that is going to take away what they already have. But whatever the ISPs throw at us, really, it's almost impossible to, like, block the network. Why? Because... The way it's designed, just like the way the blockchain is. I mean, I have to say, the whole S, the reason why it's so hard for the government to actually not stop the blockchain is because the technology is like almost impossible to stop. I mean, websites, for example, can be hosted on something called interplanetary file system. Sorry to digress a little bit, but you can host on interplanetary file system, IPFS. It's a decentralized storage network. It's resource, it points to websites via resource addresses. It doesn't use like URLs, right? It doesn't like use like your regular um, domain names and all that. You can configure domain names, but um, the companies can, domain registration companies or whatever they are called, can actually block a name. But then, pointing directly to the resource, it's really remarkable. You can't stop it because it sits on thousands of computers um, in different parts of the world, right? So that's one really remarkable thing about decentralization. Same thing with the way YCrypt is. YCrypt is not designed, for example, to work with a network. It's ISP agnostic, meaning that it can work with any existing internet connection. And this, how it works basically is all ISPs, you know, anywhere in the world, they, are, they all operate based on certain protocols or rules that guide the way information is transmitted, the way they connect to devices. And our devices already adhere to those rules. So it's impossible for um, an ISP to say, Do you know what, we're going to block all the traffic going through YCrypt network. You can't block it because you don't even know what you're trying to block. It doesn't exist. There's no particular signature that says that this traffic is being routed through YCrypt devices. That's the whole essence of decentralization. And the pushing pushing back wouldn't really help the ISPs. Why? It's actually going to be in their favor to support it. So I was really surprised when um, we were one of the winners of the Nigerian um, um, Emerging Technologies the Emerging Technologies Competition in Nigeria, organized by the Nigerian Communication Commission. Because after my presentation that day and the demo, 
all the ISPs in Nigeria actually called me for a meeting. They actually wanted to speak to me, right? But of course, I didn't take any of the meetings because then we didn't, we were not, we didn't have um, users as much. I mean, we were just trying to come up. So we had to make sure we had something great. So, we, I mean, people won't just buy you over for peanuts and all that. But yeah, it's better for telcos to actually want to work with you than to fight you. Because, I mean, it's just like the way the Central Bank of Nigeria is trying to fight the blockchain. You can't fight it. It's better for the banks, the central bank, to see how they can work with this, how they can make it better, regulate it, and not try to kill it. So that's the same way YCrypt is. It's a decentralized... That Let me now take it to the... A little bit, not really technical, but the part of the definition that now makes it much more clearer to the people on the blockchain. It's a decentralized monetization network a mobile internet sharing network, right? So it's not, it doesn't, even YCrypt as a company, if we decide that we're not working anymore, the whole system would run. That's how good it is, right? It's going to run. So, I mean, the ISPs have to be careful or they, they have to really know how to think about this. But I don't really think this bothers, it will bother them so much. It's actually going to make them better. It's going to make them more money in the long run if they support it. Because we are still piggybacking off the ISPs. Like I mentioned, something like Starlink. If Starlink were to be live, it's live already, sorry. But if it's live in your location, you can easily just plug it to any YCRI device and it distributes. So we're actually building a stronger and a less, a, like a less costly distribution network. So some of the reasons, ISPs actually spend a lot of money maintaining the mobile internet infrastructure. It's really expensive, but now, with YCubes, um, regular people can create their own infrastructure, bring the internet, because they know that they will make money when they share, but then they're still using the existing internet service providers. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, we're also joined by Oloye, so at some point, he might want to, to ask some questions, but to, to move on, you mentioned that some of these firmwares and that will be sent out at some point, and those who receive this first set of firmwares will be able to be some sort of node validators, like the very first to start mining the, the blocks of WNT, which is the native token. And I also saw somewhere within the, the light paper that if there is not enough uptime on those devices for at least maybe 10 hours, you wouldn't be eligible for some of the rewards I can't remember how it was worded. Yeah. Uh, can yeah. you just explain that part? Yeah. So, so um, I think one of the, I think like a couple of, like last month, we released a post explaining our reward model. Um, you can check our medium. So basically what we've designed is something that will reward people based on their performance on the network. So say, for example, you have high uptime. Uptime means how many hours your device is on um, per day. So we want the devices to be on more. So it creates more availability of the internet. Imagine maybe you're in your location and then the market goes off, right? Maybe because there's no power. I mean, it's crazy. It doesn't make sense. You won't be able to access the internet. So what we're doing is we actually create these people are in, um, internet service providers, but micro internet service providers. So they are actually... Um, we are incentivizing them with our tokens. So when you have uptimes less than 10 hours, although the parameters are governable, so that's one of the importance of our tokens. It enables people to perform governance. So let's say you have uptime less than 10 hours. What will happen is that you're not going to be able to earn rewards, say, for example, for that day. But these things are governable, right? So as we're starting, we actually want to still step that down a little bit, you know? But then as people create hotspots, for example, another thing that can make people get rewards is when they create hotspots in areas that don't even have... Uh, 
um, that nobody has created a hotspot before. So those kind of things will encourage them, right? Will will actually give them access to more rewards because our devices all have um, um, GPS systems. So the location of this device is known. So when you're in a location and um, you don't have other devices within that location, it means like you're just setting up in that place. So we should incentivize you to share more of your hotspot. So yeah, so that's basically how the reward system. But there are other parameters that govern, you know, how much reward, like the number of connections you have. Like I mentioned, your uptime and your location. Yeah, those are like most of the parameters. And then of course, how many referrals, like basically those parameters govern the system. But you can see more of the model. So we have the mathematical model that explains that. It's on our medium. I think the title is um, the outliers, like explaining the outliers. So have a mathematical model and on a spreadsheet. So you can play around with the numbers to try and understand how the reward system works. Yeah. Okay, I think that that makes sense. I mean, even if it's not being deployed as, as part of the governance to start with, so at some point, it will become like the standard that, okay, you have to yeah. be have like a 10 hour uptime and also yeah. if a lot of the token holders think there needs to be a change in, in, in the governance they can write a proposal to reduce the Correct. governance hours Correct. anyways to Correct. 5 or 7 Correct. hours of uptime so, so so that should be a thing I mean it's, it definitely pr- uh, provides relevance to why the WNT token uh, is a necessity but now let's piggyback a little bit to even the beginning of the conversation you started off as a developer using the Ethereum network program um, protocols. And now you're deploying on the Polygon ecosystem, right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, so so now my question is, you started off at, with, with, with Ethereum. Um, you've you've deployed on BSC before with Saint Finance. and correct. So why is it that you choose, you've chosen Polygon ecosystem this time around and not other layer ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll explain, right? It's quite simple. Polygon is like a layer two scaling solution and um, Polygon is um, really cheap. So our system requires a lot of token distribution. There are thousands of transactions that are going to be happening every day. And as we scale, it's going to go to millions of transactions, right? So imagine you have a million hotspots. You have to reward them every day. They have to perform some transactions that are propagated on the blockchain. Trust me, you don't want to do that on Ethereum. That's out of the way. Binance Smart Chain is cheap, which is good, but it's not as cheap as Polygon, right? So, I mean, I've, I've had my fair share of building on all these blockchains and I can tell you for free that Polygon is the cheapest, right? And that's basically what we need for transactions like this or even things that are cheaper. So, with Polygon, I can probably do like over um, 100,000 transactions with maybe like $10, right? Or less. I can deploy lots of smart contracts with even less. So, but you can't really achieve these kind of things on Binance Smart Chain or on Ethereum, right? Are, it's orders of magnitude much more cheaper than these other blockchains, you know? So that's one of the reasons we're actually um, looking at Polygon. We're actually like deploying on Polygon, you know, because we've analyzed the different particular implementation strategies and models and we realized that as we scale, it will be it will be too expensive to deploy on Ethereum and also with Binance Smart Chain. Most likely, if there's a scaling solution for Binance Smart Chain, although Binance Smart Chain is quite centralized, you know, but then if there's a scaling solution for Binance Smart Chain, that will be another place we can look into. Yeah. But we have also built our own um, like blockchain implementation really where we can leverage multiple blockchains. So we don't actually need to depend on one. So say for example, like we just launched on, like we got like um, investment backing by um, from Cardano. So we're, we're going to be doing a couple of things on the Cardano chain. So our system can actually adapt to multiple blockchains is highly flexible. And that's like the beautiful thing about, you know, taking time to like um, design and build this kind of system so they can scale, adapt, you know, across chains. And building things across chains is highly, highly important and it helps really, you know, yeah. 
But yeah, Polygon okay. is actually one of our investors, but not necessarily because of that, honestly. That's not like why we're building on Polygon. But yeah, you know, the guys from there, they are also like very cool people, you know, that we know. And I mean, it's great to actually have them on board. But yeah, it's actually because of the um, techni- the, the technology that they have. That's basically why, because long term, we really don't want to be spending too much money on running operations. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I've also noticed a trend too that a lot of uh, developers within uh, emerging countries or emerging economies are mostly deploying on Polygon ecosystem based on how cheap it is to actually process transactions. And also, it's mostly, it's basically just like Ethereum anyways. And if you're also very uh, uh, conversant with, with um, Solidity, you can easily just deploy on Polygon. So it doesn't have to be Ethereum because it's basically almost the same thing. So... So it's just a trend that I've noticed, which is why I asked a question. Like I just say a lot of these protocols, even within Nigeria, are starting to deploy on Polygon and also in other places too. So with that being said, I think Oloye has a question. So we'll go to Oloye to ask his question, then we can continue. Okay. Oh no, not, not really. Yeah, Ogochuku, welcome, man. What's up? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I did. I hope you have a lot yeah. of uh, um, people that understand our slang. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Sorry, I'm a bit late. I ran into some car issues, so I I should be here later. Um, earlier. Well, thank you so much for being here. I mean, basically, that is uh, everything you said. Since uh, I started listening, it has been kind of just you've just been talking off like left and right, and it makes sense to me a lot because I think about like okay, what the future looks like on the web three, and the future, what that future looks like for me is the fact that people would be able to like hand for investing their time or their resources into something. It is not like before, maybe when you had to like pay um, yeah. pay Facebook to do ads. I mean now um, projects like uh, be it come around and say we would actually pay you for using yeah. our website and for clicking on app and yeah. for actually watching these things but on YouTube you just kind of like you still subscribe to YouTube you have to pay for that so yeah, that exactly. is the difference yeah. between both 2 and both 3 for me and that's why kind of like that's why I understand the importance of what you're doing the fact that people have their resources they have the Wi-Fi everybody has the Wi-Fi on their phone and stuff but uh, now they could actually use that as a means of earning and that's where we're Three is going. Father, people can we can end now. It puts the power back in the hands of the users. Yeah, exactly. And that is what product is doing, and that is very impressive. And it is very impressive that I, I don't mean to sound um condescending or anything, but whenever I see like Nigerians doing things like this, it just kind of like blows my mind. It's not because I have low expectations for us, it's just because there's a lot of ush like that. It is it, it is really ush. I'd never heard about we why until you guys like go in touch and that kind of like blows my mind yeah thanks 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 um Oloy. i think it's actually um great to hear this from you i mean it's not condescending at all i understand i mean i grew up here <laughs> so i i totally understand you know how difficult it is really to be able to you know you know kind of put your head down to do some things it's just there's so many things that would make you not want to well yeah i mean for me that's the most exciting part i mean the, the harder you know you know there's this thing like they say like the harder the battle the sweeter the victory you you know, so yeah, exactly. The, the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. <laughs> so 
you realize that, yeah, yeah. So when you have things like this, I mean, and for me, being in this environment that, I mean, you, it's as if most things are working against you. It, it, you just, you just, um, it, it gives me the confidence to actually push harder because, I mean, what would you rather be doing? I, that's how I look at it, though, because, I mean, you go to different parts of the world, things are working, you know, you go to like the US, everything is great. So there's this um, documentary I saw, what was that? I think it was when I was in the university. I graduated in 2015 from UNS school in Nigeria. So um, UNN here. So I was like, I think it was the men who built America. And I, I, I looked at America then, let's say about 80 years, 70 or 80 years ago. And it wasn't really so wonderful, right? So, and there were just a couple of people that did that. And, you know, I think that there's still room for that kind of development here in Nigeria and in, in Africa. Definitely. And yeah. Definitely. So I think it's so, Definitely. I mean, it's all condescending. I mean, we just have to still do the work. Yeah, guys, I don't know how yeah. much yeah. time I have. So I'm sorry, but like today is actually my mom's birthday and I'm in the house. I have to wow. actually, I, I begged her that I had to take some time off to take this call. So, and I don't want her to like, because I'm, I'm hardly around, you know, because of this hour. Of yeah, course, so, we bless you. We bless you. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if we could get someone else to come talk, though, because I'm like, we are just going to this conversation and I would like to like, talk about it more. But if that is not going to happen, then definitely want to have you back another time so we could continue this conversation. But for now, mom says, no, no, is no, it's very important. Yeah, thank you very much. It's very, very important to me, honestly. But yeah, um, I can always have another. So the thing is, apart from now, I can always have another time. You guys just let us know what time works, you know. But I think one of the things that I actually just wanted to mention, you know, before like um I leave is, you know, like we've what we're doing is something that we've been doing it for a long time. I mean, we had our first fundraising actually last month. I think it was last month. Yeah. We've been building for over three years. It's 2018 without any funding because this is something that we love to do. This is something that we're building out of, you know, passion and, you know, it's something that we want to see work. The whole essence of the fundraising we even did was, and we had already become a profitable company, funny enough, before we even tried to do any fundraising because we already had clients in Nigeria buying our devices, right? And it was remarkable like we even had like the state government in Enugu buy our device. I think they purchased over 300 of our devices and they've set up the biggest um, Wi-Fi zone in the southeast in a mall, a shopping mall in Enugu you know that maybe every day has a traffic of about 5,000 people. So once you get into the mall, inside the mall, the whole Wi-Fi there is powered by Y-Crypt, right? And it's actually really remarkable. Yeah. So when I mentioned, when you know, they reached out and I, I was like, okay, this is something that we're building. It was actually cool that they, they could you know, buy into it. So this is something that we know that um, you know it's taking time and with time it's going to like go global and that was the whole essence of us even getting the funding to be able to get a lot of partnerships in different parts of the world because we can't just stay here you know so I, I really encourage a lot of people to check out like check out the website like maybe even get a device for yourself and, like go and check out nft.ycrypt.com we have um, a waiting list that you can join for when we start our device sales you can get one and actually try it out I mean it's something that um, we want people to be able to experience this and not just talk about it because you know most blockchain projects most things are like software but this also has like the software part has the hardware part and i think it's really really exciting you know what we're doing so but yeah i'm always available to you know take like come on another session to be able to you know speak with the audience and like i mean it's and also get more questions but i also like maybe i can take like one or two questions i don't
don't know if anybody has any questions or anything. I'll be happy to like answer one or two questions here before I jump out here. Yeah, I just approached someone, so it doesn't feel like we are speaking to you alone. Someone yeah, correct, correct, requested. Correct. I, just, no I just approached them, and they, they should be able to come on and ask you the questions that they want to ask. Okay, uh, Oloya and Groovy, thanks a lot for putting this together and continuing with it. Um, Ugo, you know, it's good to learn some more about WeCrypt, and uh, I'm sure you know I'm already a fan of you know, anything <laughs> you're doing at all. <laughs> you know, any, anything at all that you're doing. Um, but, but, but two, Thanks, so I, I mean, there's one or two things here. The one thing I would like to say is I am in the real estate industry, so um, if you needed access to a bunch of like new developments, uh, like real estate developments um, and properties, I'll be glad to to help with that, with, with a number of introductions, you know, and all that. But the solid stuff, um, I like the way you think about a number of these things. So you know, it's hard to balance being a an engineer, you know, and being a business person. And I like I like I like those whole efforts. So so thanks, so thanks, yeah. yeah, so so yeah, one so, thing, so I mean, connecting to the real estate um, um, industry is really critical because um, so part of the partnerships we're actually like building now. So we have um, some people in Nigeria and we're actually open to these partnerships like, you know, in different parts of the world. I know Duran is a big real estate person, you know, like in Canada and all that. So yeah, like being able to build relationships with like um, part of people like that, that these guys, they make like power, like alternative power sources, you know, that you put in homes and all that, like inverters and all that. So we actually like... Um, part of our plans for next year is to be able to work on a system that can directly plug into these things because most of these devices like our systems also so our system also supports IOTs right so we can connect um, IOTs and these devices are like IOT, yeah, IOTs rather so um, and they need to transmit information to you know the creators of the devices and all like the people monitoring the inverters you know in remote locations and all that so we also realize that by partnering with people like this you can provide this system with theirs as a bundle and it provides internet in the home provides internet for um, these guys for the um, creators of the devices to uh, the like the power alternative power sources to monitor what's happening in the home. Also creates internet for other IOTs in the home to connect, like your smart fridge, your your cameras, and all those things to connect. And also creates extra sort of income. Let's say for people who are mining tokens, or people maybe you're in your place and you want to you're sharing with maybe your neighbor and all that. So we've seen that like having this kind of partnerships would enable us skill and there's like our research actually goes beyond even the software like the hardware is really critical so building things like smart wi-fi so one, one of the things we're also working on like one of our um senior engineers now is someone who built an antivirus when we were in unn in school then he's like a couple of years older than myself um he well like he recently joined our team so one of the things we're working on is being able to even layer technology or security or at wi-fi level so you know that most devices now most computers they'll tell you download this antivirus right download the other antivirus to protect your system but then imagine if your router could protect you so you don't even need to get any antivirus right there are some viruses that attack some of um, um, my engineers in um, um, I think they're they in Asia right so one funny virus for Windows that checks when you've copied a private key so immediately you copy a private key it checks because most private keys are like 64 bit strings so it would take immediately it knows you copied a private key to so just take that private key and send it to the hacker the person will drain your wallet but imagine if you your Wi-Fi you didn't really care you know most of them are 
have to restart their computers and all that. This is just like for people who copy private keys, you know, just have to protect your private keys one way or the other. Like, be very careful about how you copy, especially on Windows computers. So what we could what we could do or what we are actually building is a system that at the Wi-Fi level, at the router level, your entire network is protected. You really don't need to bother yourself about getting an antivirus, right? So one thing we've also done, our system also comes with virtual private network installed automatically. So just like what happened in Nigeria where you cannot access Twitter, people have to pay, um, like like my phone, when I got back to Nigeria, um, it, what was that? Like it was in like July. I had to now subscribe because in America, Twitter was working. When I was hearing the story, I was like, ah, these people are not even serious, right? Maybe I go back to Niger, I realized that, man, you have to buy this VPN. No? So I had to pay for the thing. It cost me, in Naira, I think it cost me like 30 grand to subscribe for a year, right? 30,000 Naira, not dollars. So people would think like, you know, so 30,000 Naira to subscribe for a year, which was just crazy. So, but with a Ycrypt device, you can actually have access to enable VPN. So you realize that at router level, you when you plug it in your home, everybody, nobody needs to bother themselves about VPN. Everybody's already on a private network. So these are some of the things we are building at that level. And you know, it requires a lot of research, a lot of work. But yeah, we're super excited. So partnering with like people in the real estate, partnering with people in the energy industry is very critical because eventually they might not even be using the whole device the way it is, you know, in a pack or anything. They can actually, we can actually install our chips on their own hardware, you know, do direct hardware integration and then it works seamlessly. Yeah, so yeah. very, yeah, very good. Well. Yeah. yeah, no, thanks. Uh, so whenever you're ready, I'll be glad to make a few intros. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Jared. Thank you. Thanks. Man, I really think you can go on just talking about this protocol and everything you guys are building. But right now, what is more important is you just getting back to your mom's birthday. Other times, we can actually unpack this because I would actually want to know how this is connected to Filecoin because I saw it in, in your light paper. But we oh, can yeah. do that all other, at other times. Don't, yeah. don't get into that because once you get into it now, it takes a, a lot more time. So yeah, yeah, just yeah, get yeah, back correct. to mom and have a good thank time you. with your family, man. All right, guys. Okay, thank you very much. Thank, thanks a lot. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's been really nice speaking with you. We hope to get you back some other time. All right, thank you. Just let me know when we when I can come back again, and then I'll be happy to to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks yeah, everyone yeah, for sure, joining. sure, sure. Thanks everyone. And for anyone who may have missed part of this conversation, it will be up on Saturday on on our podcast on every streaming services, so you can be able to catch up on everything that has been said. Thank you very much, Ugochuku. And all right, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks yeah, for being appreciate. Here. Thanks, Oloi. Thanks everyone. Yeah.